What's up, Marlins fans? Jeremy Taché here. Before we get into the content of this episode, as the Marlins are wrapping up their road trip in Pittsburgh starting this evening, I want to talk to you about our sponsor that has been with us for two months now. It's Symbol. Remember, Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol's blended sports and the stock market to offer you a new way to invest and to profit off your favorite teams without all the high fees and high losses of gambling. You can use your sports knowledge and specifically your knowledge of the Marlins to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. You can join me and the 2,000 plus early adopters who've started to invest in their favorite teams. I'll tell you guys this, I invested in the Marlins and they have gone up and down this season as their record has, but they're higher now than when I initially invested. So in order to be able to do this, all you have to do is visit www.symbol.app or visit the link in our description, symbol.app slash swings. That's S-I-M-B-U-L-L dot A-P-P slash swings to create a free account when you deposit. And make sure to use the promo code swings for a $10 deposit bonus to buy yourself a share of the Sim Marlins or any other Sim team. Again, symbol.app app and use the promo code swings for a $10 deposit bonus to help build your portfolio symbol.app start investing in your favorite teams so that when they win you win now let's get to the show Hello, Marlins fans, and welcome to another episode of Swings and Mishes. I am your co-host and producer, Jeremy Taché, joined as always by Craig Mish. Craig, how you doing on this Thursday morning? Well, I would have been doing a lot better had we not have to go to some Spanish talk tonight, but <laughs> kind of where we're at, five, uh, five losses in a row, never want to have to re- record on podcast day mm. with the longest losing streak of the season, that's for sure. But that's kind of where we're at, so we'll break it all down. Yeah, it's funny. You know, we've, I think a few different times this season tried to avoid losing streaks and let the Marlins come, let the Marlins come back. But now here as the Marlins are riding a five game losing streak, obviously the offense has continued to sputter. Although last night they woke up and hit a few home runs in Buffalo. Craig, as the Marlins continue to lose these games here and sort of fall, you know, a number of games here below 500, what are your thoughts on everything that's been happening over the last week or so? Yeah, well, first of all, in terms of last night's game, look, they definitely should have won the game, but uh, that Buffalo Park, and even Don Mattingly said it last night, I mean, you're just not going to see that outside of like Coors, maybe Chase Field in Arizona. And and I'm not saying that the home runs that they hit last night were fraudulent, but it was very clear that the ball was flying out. So, uh, you know, I'd only anticipate them hitting four home runs every game. And nonetheless, if you hit four home runs in a game, you would assume you would win. And there'd be a man on base here or there. And, and that didn't happen. So look, I, I, I think that naturally there, there are a lot of people who are, uh, are fans that are going to be very upset as, as they probably should be. They're, they're sliding kind of, I mean, I wouldn't say they're out of wildcard contention, but it's, it's almost at that point. Like they're, they're just chasing way too many teams here in June and and they just keep falling behind like i mean if, if you're looking behind the marlins and you're only seeing arizona and colorado and, and washington like i mean you right. have to be realistic and think like wow they have to climb over all of these teams to get in that wild card there's not an extra wild card this year so the path is the division and mm-hmm. and and normally you know, when we do these 
you know, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of like be a prisoner of the moment a little bit because I know that we're taping uh, a podcast for what people are going to listen in the next 24 hours, which would be right. June 3rd, June 4th. But, but I am going to reserve a lot of the judgment for the season for about a week. I'm going to, I'm going to wait a little bit longer. There are most people who cover the game will tell you that Memorial day is pretty much the benchmark and mm-hmm. 75% of the teams that are in the postseason right now are going to make the postseason. That's just the way it is. Once you get to Memorial day, these are facts. Now, Washington proved that wrong a couple of years ago. They just kind of came back out of nowhere and won the world series. Right. But generally speaking, that that's where you're going to be at. You know who you are on Memorial Day. I think the Marlins, you got to extend that one more week because uh, while they have lost five games in a row, they they can only play as the cliche says, who's on the schedule mm-hmm. and coming up you have, and I know there's a game with Boston in between, but they have games against Pittsburgh and Colorado. And I watched the game as close or closer than anybody. And those two teams are bottom five teams in baseball. Yep. And if you have any plans to compete, you got to take care of those teams. Yeah, ha- I don't care. Home or road, you have to win those games. So I-, I think that, you know, they'll play Atlanta next weekend at home. And, and you know, certainly I could go one way or the other. They could win two out of three, lose two, lose two out of three, sweep, not sweep. And, and I know division games, Jeremy, are going to be simply very important because mm-hmm. that's going to be their path, it looks like, to the postseason. But after playing Colorado and Pittsburgh for the next over the next week, seven games, like you, you pretty much have to go five and two or six mm-hmm. and one or, or, something, or something like that to, to to make believers out of people this season. Like you go three and four or two and five against those teams. Yeah, I think I think at that point, Jeremy, you got to call it what it is. And and that to me would be a team that I, at that point, I would not believe they will make the postseason. So I'm going to wait one more week. I want to see how that plays out. They, they could be back to 500 by the time they get back. Uh, to that to that brave series next weekend so I want to I'm not going to be a prisoner of the moment today I'm gonna let that play out well and that's I think the right perspective to take when you look at what's ahead on this schedule like you said these teams can only play who's ahead of them and the Blue Jays and the Red Sox are two good teams now should you be going 0-4 in those games absolutely not and not in the way in which they lost with the lack of offensive performance with the blown save last night But you're right, as they go ahead and play four games here against Pittsburgh and three games against Colorado, over these next eight straight games, the Marlins do need to make up some ground on the other teams within their division before going into that weekend series against the Braves. So that's sort of the key here for the Marlins is beat up on the teams that you are actually better than at this point. This is not, you know, the quote unquote bottom feeder Marlins of a few years ago that everybody made those jokes about, right? If you want to show you're competitive, this is the time to do it and take advantage of those level of teams. But the real question is, are the Marlins really still in it? Obviously, we're reserving, you know, judgment on the whole season until, a, you know, a week from now and maybe on our next podcast. But the conversation becomes, can the Marlins stay in it long term this season? I, I think for the division, they can because they have so many games against the division that it is plausible. But again, going back to the wild card, you, you just you'd be foolish in trying to kid yourself that they're going to climb over seven teams in the last three months because mm-hmm. those teams are going to play each other also, Jeremy, and, and finish 500 essentially against each other. They're, they're digging a very big hole in that respect. And between San Francisco, San Diego, and Los Angeles, I mean, look, there's a really good chance that all three of those teams get in, and that's the end of the story in the National mm-hmm. League. And, and the Cubs have actually played much better than I would have anticipated this year too. So – it, it's it, it, look, it's not insurmountable 
but but realistically speaking, if they were, let's say, seven or eight games out of the wild card, but they were in the second position and they didn't have to jump a lot of teams, mm. then, I, then I think I'd feel differently about it. But to this point, from what I have seen, I think those three teams that I've mentioned, San Francisco, San Diego, and Los Angeles, are all better than, mm. than the Marlins. And I think the Cubs have played better than the Marlins have. So uh, that that's going to be tough, but but I do think again the division is is certainly there for the taking. They're just going to have to win virtually all of those <laughs> head-to-head games against New York and Atlanta and Philadelphia and and even Washington's now playing yep. okay. So I mean, look, the, the Marlins are a couple of losses away from being behind Washington. That's mm. that's the truth too. So uh, yeah, it's 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 just kind of where they're at. The division to me is is has got to be the path, and then that's a tough path as well. Yeah, I mean, the NL East, we were talking about it headed into the season as maybe the best division in baseball. Now, everybody's been banged up. There have been some teams that have underachieved thus far. But that is a tough division when you're playing teams with the lineups that you've seen in the National League and some of those starters across those rotations. And speaking of starters on rotations, we've been talking about Sixto Sanchez basically since the spring as to, all right, when are we going to see Sixto? When are we going to see Sixto? Last week, we talked about him as, you know, a possible trade deadline acquisition. And then there was a setback with his shoulder last week as well in his throwing program where he had to pause it. So, Craig, where do things stand at the moment with Sixto Sanchez? Yeah, this is a, a a really really tough one uh, for me personally, and and it and it goes back to kind of I think just the inability to to sort of get in front of people all year and and for about mm. a year, and that's and I and I want to be clear, like I, I think that most reporters who cover teams have to have relationships where they can call and text. Don't get me wrong, but be, because it's I just simply haven't been able to like have like personal private conversations as much as yeah. I would have wanted to. I, I just don't feel like I have a good bead on, on what's going on with, with Sixto Sanchez. And mm. I, I've talked about this a little bit prior. I, I have asked questions going on a year now, even going back to spring training last year, is he in shape? Is he not in shape? What do you think? And, and I just don't feel like I have a great, idea as to what is really going on i i just don't and i and i have to be transparent with that and and i'll continue to try and and continue to try to get answers yes i do text yes i get text but i mean i I was getting text last week like he's fine like everything is fine and obviously that's not the case and then you know on the on the other day in the media he's shut down but you know he'll can he'll resume his throwing program in a few days Mm. I mean, okay, like if, if that happens, great. So if not, like, what are we supposed to do at that point? Say that that was wrong too. Like, it's just a, a big mystery to me on this player. It's not like that on every player. I, I usually get answers and it's pretty easily uh, received, but he's a franchise type player and he was part of a very big trade. And, and sometimes, unfortunately, with this, with this organization, I feel like optics sometimes are more important than facts. I mean, it's just true. Mm. I just feel like the way that things are viewed may be more important than the way that they actually are. And I, I personally would just like to know the way that they actually are and cover mm. it that way. But I, I can't get the, the proper answers on him. Do I think he could pitch this season? Sure. Do I think he may not pitch this season? Sure. I, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer. And he's clearly not the best trade deadline acquisition in the league. No. What they said last week and this week he's not throwing. So you have to hope he can pitch at some point this season. And then if he doesn't resume throwing in a few days, I think you have to ask yourself the question, like, what's the point? Just get this guy healthy for 2022. Yeah. What is the rush? 
yeah, that that's that's kind of the way I view it. And it, and it's been really really tough to get proper information on this guy. I, I'll just I'll leave it at that. And with where the schedule is, with where the record is, it, it is that timing of like, you know what, if the next couple of weeks or specifically this week, like we talked about, don't go the way that the Marlins sort of need them to, it does make you wonder, is it worth rushing him back for any sort of regular season baseball this year? Or do you just sort of let it ride and wait to see Sixto again in 2022? I know you have one other topic to touch on. We'll do that when we wrap up. But before we do that, let's go ahead and preview this weekend series with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Obviously, you will see a start from Trevor Rogers, the back-to-back NL Rookie of the Month winner, Trevor Rogers. Uh, but what do you expect from the Marlins as we see their starting pitching and their lineup head into Pittsburgh this weekend? Yeah, people don't like tanking teams. I understand that. The Pirates made a lot of poor trades uh, previously, Neil Huntington was their general manager. He's been replaced by Ben Charrington. I'm a big fan of his. Yep. I'm a big fan of their manager, Derek Shelton. The one fortunate thing, and, and this is kind of what we'll, we'll transition to, but the one fortunate thing is that since I get access to all of the Zooms, and, and I use a lot of that stuff on my daily show on, on SportsGrid, um, you know, I, I like I like the direction. That, I understand huh. what the Pirates are doing. They're basically saying, hey, it's just it's time to start over and start from the beginning this team is not good at all uh, like this this <laughs> you could make the case the pirates have the least talent on the field right now in major league baseball like you easily can i think baltimore may have more talent than pittsburgh honestly even wow. with them losing 14 games in a row or whatever it was <laughs> arizona is obviously dreadful but they've had so many bad injuries they got another one right with now too look I mean, the Pirates are just, they're starting over. They're doing what the Marlins <laughs> did a few years ago. And, right. and, this, and, and, and they're, and they're young prospect. It's like, like imagine your top young prospect just doesn't play. And that's what Cabrian yeah. Hayes hasn't played. He looked so good at the end of last year, looked great on opening day. And then, and he's been out. Their bullpen has been okay. They have a pretty good closer. If they have a lead, maybe they'll win. This guy, Richard Rodriguez, probably a trade candidate. I would think at some point, mm. a very typical rebuild situation, bereft of talent bereft of run scoring bereft of pitching where Miami should win three out of four with their eyes closed. If, if you're yeah. good and, and then they'll play Boston on Monday and who knows how that will go. And then they play <laughs> the Rockies here and the Rockies have never played well here. Never no. like Miami has crushed them, whether they've been <laughs> good, bad or ugly yep. and, and they're missing their best player too. So it's like, I mean, th- this, this should be a pretty easy i mean it's not gonna look let's easy. hope it's a fun week right i mean let's just I hope mean, it's fun, a fun i don't week. know i mean it won't be very f- much fun if they don't come out of these, right there is winning but there is there are no excuses at all if you mm-hmm. don't smash in the next week and then we'll see what happens against atlanta um so that, that's where that's where i'm at with that and and again they'll be they'll be back at home next week and and i'll be there against the rockies for sure yeah, you know uh, a team is in a, a full rebuild mode when people who cover the game, I'm someone who covers the game, and half that roster is no names to me. I mean, it's people that that most casual fans around Major League Baseball yeah. have probably not heard of. And so before we wrap up this episode, Craig, I know you wanted to touch on something in the way that we are covering the Marlins and, and the way that baseball is covered this season. So if you wanted to to do that before we wrap up. Yeah, and and I do want to add something to this, like as an example of of one of the other examples, like talking about Sixto Sanchez. It's like so when when you get to cover a, a team in person and in spring training and in a clubhouse, you generally put your face in front of someone and and then develop relationships. And I feel like of all the things that I do, 
with with covering. I, I feel like that and my ability to like listen, ask good questions, do good interviews. I think that those are the strong points. And whether or not I get information and break news is sort of irrelevant to me to the conversation because it all stems from developing relationships and, and right. getting to know people. And, and to me, getting in front of people in baseball is, is more of a thing than it is in the other sports, NFL, NBA. It just is. A lot, a lot of that, of course, and, and in baseball, it works through the agents and it works through the league. Like, I, I get it. But for me, developing those relationships is very important. And so as an example with Corey Dickerson just having a dreadful season, only hitting his second home run last night, like looking basically like Sierra Endeavors at the plate, a guy who's going to hit 280 and get on base sometimes and not hit home runs. It's like they got three guys already in this lineup that are mm. like that. Why is this happening to Corey Dickerson? Well, I don't know because, and, and it's not that the Marlins have avoided making him available. They have not. It's just, I mean, I just haven't talked to him all year or for the most mm-hmm. part, almost the whole year. And so he hits a home run and then he does the, the you know, the post game and, and then, you know, it comes down to the end. Of course, I'm the last one asking the question. We're waiting and waiting and waiting. I don't think I was last on that one, though. Um, and, and so and so I and, and so I'll ask and, and you know, and, and then Corey Dickerson basically, you know, he reveals that he's going through some stuff. And then I press him a little bit further just to say, hey, is it physical? Because I've heard that he was hurt also, by the way, physically, yeah. too. And, and he said that his father, uh, you know, is going through something. And he said, it's very tough to be focused. It's tough to, you know, have his mind at the, I mean, and then that all adds up. It's like, of okay, course it does. Now, now I took, cause I, cause I've been there, you know, like I understand mm. what that means and it, pass or no pass. That's not what it's about. It's just get her a, getting a better understanding for what is actually going on. And that has just been taken away from us, from me. Mm. It just has been taken. And so it's, it's, you know, like Anthony Bass is another good example of that. Like, yeah, I mean, I have contacts that can tell me what's going on with him or not. I've never been in front of Anthony Bass. Yeah. He's been here two years. Right. Like I've never stood in front of this person. So, you know, yeah. that, that's what makes now, now that's changing a little bit. They're allowing, I think media to go in like the first row hmm. before the games, but you know, and, and that's better for sure, but it's still not my expertise. It's, it's not still the same. Not what, yeah, it's it's just not like it's just it's just not. And 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 I'm not making any excuses for my coverage, but that just kind of leads me to this. There's like a there's like a section of people who are going to be overly negative, and there are a section of people who are going to be overly positive. And I see some of this happening now on social media. The good thing is that there's a lot of interest, and so whether it's negative Absolutely. or positive, it's good that my mentions, as they would say, are filled <laughs> up with people who are just saying one thing or the other. And right. a lot of it also comes to me about why aren't you asking this and you know, what's going on with this and what's going on with that. And, and, and I, and I want to say that I, while I feel humbled that I am the person that everyone is coming to, to ask these questions, like there are other people that cover the team, you know, like I, I, I can't sit here and tell you that I can accomplish every single thing that people want accomplished on a zoom call uh, or even texting. Like I, it, it's just, it's very hard. Like I, I feel like I am the go-to person and I'm, I'm humble for that. And I appreciate that. But unfortunately the way that the team is sort of covered is, is, is not, is not the way that other teams are covered. I mean, I just got to put it point blank. I watch every, I mean, maybe I don't know how it is, but I watch every zoom again, I get access to these things. And a lot of times especially uh, in losses, you're just, you're, you're not getting the answers. And I understand that. And that, and that's frustrating, but we just, for whatever reason, myself included, I'll put myself in that, in that category uh, are a lot softer than the, than the other teams are covered. It, it's just a fact. I watch them all. 
I watch the questions, I watch the answers. And for whatever reason, that is just the way it is when it, when it comes to covering the Marlins. I've said before sometimes that when the team loses, if you didn't watch the game, sometimes you may not know if they lost. And that's horrible. It should never be like that. And, and so uh, sometimes on post games, uh, I, you know, you may like, you may watch it on TV. You can see like who's asking questions and who's not. Um, and I know that people have asked me to ask different questions in post games and things like that. A lot of times, honestly, Jeremy and wins, I'm not there. Right. Because, I, because it's easy. It's like, you won. You're great. You're amazing. Yep. This guy's great. He's phenomenal. <laughs> He's fantastic. I love you. You love me. Let's all right. fuck it out. And, and I, I'm not, and let's I don't move need on. to be there for that. It's yeah. the easy part of the job. The hard part of the job is to get their the answers, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, maybe it's viewed as, as me being negative, which is not the case. It's just like, I know that if I don't jump on after a loss or sometimes after a loss the following day, then my coverage is hurt because people are not getting the answers that they really need. Mm. And I, I do take that responsibility seriously. I try to do the very best that I can, but it, it is just the nature of the way that the team is covered. I don't, I don't know why that is. I'm not really sure. You guys can come to your own assumptions and answers with that, but I, I basically am doing the most I, I feel that I can do to get what the section of social media and the section of fans that text me and people around the game, by the way, outside uh, mm-hmm. around the game that aren't on them asking like, why is this not happening? What is going on with here? Is this guy a good coach? Do you think this is working? Do you think this is not working? This is all day long for me all day mm-hmm. long. And uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm doing everything that I can as, as, as far yeah. as trying to get these answers for you. Uh, but unfortunately, um, you know, I, I'm just in the, in the losses. I'm there for you guys. Cause I know that everybody wants answers in the wins. It's, it's something that I don't feel as strongly that I need to do because I feel like all the, all the information is going to come out, but I'll continue to pound it. I'll continue to do what I do, but you have to understand that I am not the only one covering the team. And if the answers don't come in the way that you want, you're better off messaging other people and not me because I'm doing the best that I can. And you know what guys, I'll be one of those people for you. I'm I'm on these Zoom calls as well on most of them. And and you know what? I'll be honest. I haven't jumped in and asked those difficult questions whatsoever uh, this season so far. This is, in, in covering a team on Zoom, I, I've experienced it now. I experienced it with the Panthers. I experienced it with the Heat. It does change the ability to make those human connections that we talk about just to be able to read the room, to theoretically, as Corey Dickerson is struggling this season, just walk up and say, hey, Corey, how you doing? You know, those little conversations that get to happen that allow for more complete coverage from us and the ability to sort of comfortably ask some of those maybe not so positive questions. And so as and, this and, is, and, and by the way, it's not about yeah. positive or negative. It's no, just no. That, and like what, what, I, what, I, what I would like to convey to anybody who is listening yeah. to this is, is, is really simple and, and, and just for, in a very granular level when it, when it comes to this. And, and maybe it's, it's because... Uh, you know, I, I, I feel like I cover the team impartially, so I just don't care. Like I will, I have no fear whatsoever of asking any question, but I would also tell you this, like there, there are people in sports that are harder to interview than others. And I think that definitely plays a factor with some coverage of different, I mean, like, is it easy to ask questions to Bill Belichick? You get nothing. Like, I mean, I get that. Like, like there's, there's that sort of intimidation there and I can't speak to how he's covered in new England, 
but I know, and Nick Saban in Alabama, like I, it's going to be tough. Like it is not going to be easy. College teams are much tougher. You know, it's yeah. But look who you're dealing with. You're dealing with Don Mattingly. I'm like the nicest guy in the world. Like, like, like there is no reason why you should not unearth every single piece of information on this team. Like there's no reason. And not only that, not only is Don Mattingly the nicest guy in the world, he played in New York. Right. I mean, he was, he was, he was ripped for having a mustache or not having, like, these are the sort of things that went on in New right. York. And, and then he was destroyed in Los Angeles for almost two yep. years, last two years there. Like, yeah, this is cakewalk. Nothing, whether it's a win or loss that should ever be uncovered. There, there's no hmm. reason to give Don Mattingly a cupcake post game and then ask a question. Like, just, just, let's just get to the, let's get what we need. So it stinks. It does. Yeah. It stinks. I, I, I don't find, I don't find the post games mm. enjoyable. I just don't because I, I don't, I, I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm doing my job. I sure. feel like I, I'm not getting the, I ha, I personally have to do a better job for those of you who are listening and mm. follow us to get the answers that you need. I am responsible. I hold myself accountable for that. So any complaining that I'm making it, I got to look in the mirror. And I got to do a better job. But if you're going to ask me and say, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Look, you, you have to ask some other people too. Like, I mean, come on, guys, please. Like, I'm not the only one that's there. So that's my right. subject on that. <laughs> a little self-reflection before we head into this weekend series against the Pirates. Everybody, you know, sort of ready to win this One other thing that I do want to mention also by this is that uh, privately, what I'm saying in terms of the coverage and the way that the, the, the things go, you know, sort of after games, wins, like, everyone feels the same way. Mm. Everyone feels the same way within that organization, outside of that organization. They feel that it's soft. These, mm. these, are, these are facts. I am not making this up, people that I have spoken to. So just want to be clear on that. This is not just my voice on this. So mm. that's well, that. Well, as we do head into this weekend series against the Pirates, hopefully it's just all wins and we don't even have to think about these post-game press conferences after losses as we head into this weekend. So it's the Marlins and the Pirates. For those of you who are listening here, we are now powered by Blue Wire Podcast. You know that already. Um, but be sure to go show them some support. Go ahead and follow Blue Wire on Twitter and every other social media platform. You can follow us at Swings and Mishes on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Jeremy Taché. Craig is at Craig Mish. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Refollow, resubscribe, write your reviews, everything you're supposed to do with a podcast. Give us some love and enjoy this weekend series as the Marlins take on the Pirates in Pittsburgh.